preached or a scripture is read or a song is sung and you just know that there's something different that happened. And you just know that you're never, ever going to be the same again. And you just know that you cannot leave this place and do anything else but soar to the place where God wants you to go, to do what God wants you to do, and to be what God wants you to be. You see, that's what happened to Isaiah in our passage of Scripture this morning. He was actually in a service of worship. When all of a sudden, things began to happen that changed him forever. And he knew that he could not leave that place of worship, that experience of worship, and not do what God wanted him to do and not soar in the ways that God wanted him to soar and not be the person that God wanted him to be. And that's sort of what happened to me. Uh, it was in a service of worship when, when I finally was able to to surrender to what I believed God had been trying to get me to do over a series of months and years. And it was in a service of worship one day that, that I just knew I had to be a pastor. I, I, I just I could not leave that service of worship that day and do anything else but I, what I really felt convicted about doing in my heart. And I've thought about this a lot. I wonder how the other people that were in worship with me that day, when I left so convicted, so, so sure that I needed to be different, so sure that I needed to go and soar instead of waddle out of that place, I wonder how those other people in the worship service experienced it. Were, were they as transformed as I was? Were, were they as moved as I was? Were they as convicted as I was? And I, I wondered the same thing about Isaiah. I mean, there were other people probably in worship with him that day. And how did they leave? How did they respond? What did they take away? Did they waddle out and just keep doing the same things that they were doing? Or, or, or did they seek to soar to new heights as well? And it really made me think about it that a, a lot of how we respond to what we experience in worship sort of depends on the attitude that we bring into worship, right? I mean, there are times when I just sort of feel like I'm going through the motions. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Just kind of, okay, now we stand up to sing the hymn, and now we do the affirmation of faith, and now we do the Gloria Patri, or is it Patri? I can't remember, or... Now we sit down, um, just kind of checking the boxes, going through the motions, not really expecting anything uh, to happen. I remember when I was in seminary, the church I attended, Dr. Bob Bowling was the pastor. His prayer every single week was, I pray, dear Lord, that something will happen that's not printed in the bulletin. <laughs> 
And his point was is that we shouldn't come to worship expecting the boxes to just be checked off and, and just following through the order of service and doing whatever comes next. That, that we should sort of expect God to do something. We should sort of expect God to act. We want God to do something that's not listed in the bulletin. And when I start finding myself going through the motions and just really feeling disengaged and, and distant because we do the same things over and over again every day, I try to remember that, that God, what's not printed in the bulletin that you might be wanting to do today in me, in us, and in the world? And... and Sometimes it's just simply as I'm thinking about uh, the opening hymn and I'm like, yeah, this song sure does have a lot of these and thou's in it. I can't remember the last time I sung a, uh, said thee and thou in a normal sentence that I'm reminded of what if my grandparents and great-grandparents came back to earth today? There would be so much that they wouldn't understand. There would be so much that would just absolutely surprise and shock them uh, that they could have never imagined would be possible, whether that be inventions or just the state of the world. It would blow their mind to actually um, be come back and to experience some of these things. And in a lot of ways, they might not be able to relate. And in a lot of ways, they might not be able to understand. And yet... Uh, how cool is it that this whole song that I sometimes get upset about singing all the these and the thou's in, that that's something that my grandparents and my great-grandparents and I, when we stand up to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. That's when you start thinking about, wow, there is something special about that psalm. There is something that spans the ages and draws us all together as one in Christ Jesus. And maybe, maybe that's what happened to Isaiah that day. It was... It was just praying that something would happen that's not in his order of service or praying that, that God would help him to see things in a different way, the, the things that he takes for granted. But maybe when he walked into that service that day, there was something different that happened. Maybe the pastor sort of changed the order of service and it, it got his attention. Maybe, maybe instead of using the uh, Apostles' Creed, uh, they threw in some sort of new modern affirmation or something. And it was that difference that, that made him sort of jolt up and pay attention and, and think about something in a new way. Listen a little more attentively. And, and, and maybe that's what got Isaiah's attention. And maybe that's why he went out and soared after that. But if there was somebody who just waddled on out, they probably were mad that the order of service got changed <laughs> we're supposed to always do the apostles creed that i think that's in the bible somewhere right 
or, or we're supposed to only do traditional music or, 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 or this. And so, so the same thing that might have really got somebody else's attention and helped them to leave that place in a new way and soar to heights that they never thought that they could experience before, somebody else went out mad about it. And they just waddled all the way home, cussing the preacher the whole way. How is it that all of us can come together and some of us can be so moved to soar and some of us just leave and just go keep on living exactly the way that we wanted to? I think that's what this scripture gets at. And the final thing I want to mention this morning is that maybe, maybe one of the reasons why some of us waddle out Sunday after Sunday is because we really don't think we need God anyway. You know, our lives are pretty good. We're pretty content. We have a few bumps in the road every now and then, but they typically kind of work themselves out. And yeah, we've got a few um, rough edges maybe that need to be softened or smoothed out a little bit, but uh, we don't need you for that, God. We'll, we'll take care of that ourselves if, if we decide we want to work through those things. And we don't have this real sense of how much we truly need God and I think that's the most important part about this story of Isaiah is that when he begins to sense God working and God speaking uh, his first awareness is that I am so unworthy uh, I, I, there are a lot of rough edges in my life that need to be smoothed out but I can't do them myself and and it's as if that's what God wanted Isaiah to think. Not, God didn't want Isaiah to feel unworthy because God wanted Isaiah to feel bad. God wanted Isaiah to feel unworthy so that Isaiah could feel good. Because to be reminded that even though you feel unworthy and unwanted and unwelcomed in the world, that there is a God who loves you so much. And there's a God who is willing to meet your inadequacies with divine mercy and grace is intended to give us hope. It's intended to give us courage. It's intended to give us strength. So that we'll be willing to say, okay, God, you're, you've met my inadequacies, you've met my sinfulness with grace and mercy. Here I am. I want to respond to this gift of grace and love with gratitude, and I want to seek to serve you with my life. If we realize how much we need God, and we realize just how much God truly loves us. You can't help but leave this place. Not waddling. But soaring. And willing to live into the life that God wants us to live.